Hello everyone, welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum, where you will hear about car news, car culture, and car talks. Here's your host, Cody Wagner. Hello everyone, I got to go to the Denver Auto Show with RIMAP. If you don't know what RIMAP is, it's the Rocky Mountain Automotive Press. I got to go with them. And initially, I thought I was going as their guest. I thought I was going to get a guest pass. Well, you have heard it here first. Although I do need to make an announcement on the website for it. I am now an official RIMAP member. I'm now an official journalist. And before I continue on, let me just say that because I can't drive on my profile, it says apprentice rather than full journalist. It's because I can't drive. That's why. But I got to go not as a guest of someone. I got to go as my own sort of, you know, I got to go as Cody's car conundrum, basically. I got to go represent Cody's car conundrum. That was cool. That was cool. Thank you to David Miramoto for allowing me to tag along with your group of journalists and have a lot of fun at the Denver Auto Show. I've got a, I've actually got a list here of things to cover because a lot happened and I don't want to... There's probably things I even forgot in the list. Why don't we start off with just getting there and getting a park? And that may sound dull, and I, I wouldn't blame you for thinking that, but let's just say there's a parking garage that we chose that I had never been in, and it's definitely the weirdest parking garage I have ever been in. So, as you can imagine, we left the... Because we had to get there 9 o'clock for registration, technically. We got there probably outside of the parking lot at 7.40, okay, in, including traffic, which was a little tense... A little tense, but we were making good time. Traffic was, for the most part, moving. Actually, it was moving until we got to the mousetrap. Until we just passed the mousetrap. After that point, it looks like LA. I have, I've seen traffic near that area of what I believe is 25? Whatever, wherever that stretch of highway is. Maybe it's not. Yeah, it is 25. Around that stretch of 25. Just, literally, just after the mousetrap. I have never seen it worse than that morning, but we got there on time. So anyway, we get to the parking garage after negotiating Denver, and we went we went a slightly different way because of the parking garage. So we get in there, and it's the parking garage where the convention center is, just past the opera houses or whatever it is, the, the art center, I believe it is, the Denver Art Center. Okay, that parking garage... That belongs to the, you know, the Blue Bear, Denver Convention Center, whatever it's called. So we go in there, and just so you guys know, it's that spiral parking garage. We get in there initially. It says you need a ticket or something for your park. There's no ticket at the beginning, like I thought it was. I don't know if Dad had already has used that parking garage before. I don't think he has. But what ended up happening, not, not even five minutes later is we're going up the spiral. We're going up the long, long spiral. And you know where the entrance point is. And then you start to turn left at the beginning of the spiral. Okay, let's call that the start line. And let's say that that point for every elevation you go up is a checkpoint. So when we get to the first checkpoint, I thought there was a turnoff. There isn't. I'm like, okay, that's a little odd, but there's probably going to be one on the second one. So we still go up to the second one. There's no checkpoint. And what I mean by checkpoint is there's no way to turn turn off the spiral and get into the parking lot. You get to the... Like, we got to the second checkpoint and there wasn't one. And I'm like, really? We're high enough to have one. So we go up to the third checkpoint and there still isn't uh, an exit to get into... And when I say exit, I don't mean as an exit to go 
out and back onto floor level. I mean an exit to get into the park, to the actual bit where you park. There's no exit for it. And now I'm really confused because I'm like, we better not be going all the way to the rooftop for this mess. We go up to the fourth checkpoint and we finally, finally find the exit. Or we finally see the exit. And let me stress that that spiral, my dad said between our, our Tiguan may have been a foot aside. Between the left and the right side, there may have been a foot a foot of a gap. I can't imagine trying to do that with a Tahoe. I bet you anyone with a Tahoe has it marked or just knows out of knowledge not to go in that park because you'll never, you'll either never, never get the car up into the parks or you'll never get the car out. And a Tahoe is wider than a Viper and even a Durango. I couldn't imagine it, I couldn't imagine doing it in either cars, in either vehicles. Couldn't imagine doing it in a Tesla. But anyway, that was confusing because again, by the third checkpoint, we there should have been a turnoff area, but there wasn't. We had to go up and apparently they have a second floor. So I don't even know if the fifth, if there, I don't even know what would have been a fifth checkpoint would have had an exit. I don't even know if that would have happened. We finally got out of the spiral. We're looking around for parks, got a park, got the ticket, which is, like I said, it's a little concerning when you're going at the very base and it says, oh, you need a ticket because you think there'd be a booth with someone there that gives you a ticket. It doesn't work like that. You have to go all the way up, take a park, get your ticket, and then put the ticket in your car. That's how it works. And again, it's a little concerning because it it's almost like, am I going to go up here, get a park, and, you know, just, I don't, I don't want to say park illegally, but I want to say, you know, not accidentally not pay for the park, not knowing where to pay, but uh, thankfully they did have a way to, did have a way to park and it was relatively easy to find. So we did that. I'm cold because it was, it was a cold morning. So I'm kind of shivering, but I'm nervous as anything. So I'm shivering also out of nervousness. Just just waiting for dad to go and put the, uh, I'm just waiting for him to go and put the, the little ticket by the window so that if someone were to see it. Also, side note, there's no way a tow truck's getting, even if you parked without paying, the worst you'd get is a ticket, a fine, something. You're not going to get your car towed in there. That That's kind of a plus side. But yeah, so I'm shivering because I'm kind of cold, but mostly because I'm nervous. My teeth are chattering. That was a mix of both, being cold and nervous we get out of the elevator we're downstairs we're walking to the convention center it's still a cold morning we finally get inside and the convention center is empty it is very it's almost peacefully desolate just no one in there you could someone could have been riding a bucket full of the janitor could have been riding a bucket full of water like a shopping cart and no one would have cared no one would have seen any. I mean, maybe the security camera, so he might get fired later. But at, at that moment in time, no one would have seen it. No one would have cared. As long as he didn't go, woohoo, or anything like that. Nothing. Nothing. He could just enjoy the ride. And I'm not saying I saw this. That would have been hilarious. But no. I'm just saying that's how empty it was. We walk up to a guy who's just standing there by some sort of stand. And we're saying to him, you know, where do we register? He didn't really know. He did say, and this was quite helpful, that we need to go to Office F1 for registration stuff. So we walked out, and he said it's down on the hall that was nearest to us, and then it's a right, and then technically another right. So we go down to the hall that's basically just past where his head is in the distance. We go down that hall. We take the first right. Here's where one bit of bother happened. We're looking for the registration office, and most of the hall, most of the we'll say conference rooms 
have giant numbers and they have giant signs on it. So it's like room 302 or room 301 or room whatever. But you can see it. Okay, it sticks out from the side of the wall like uh, like a street sign. So we're walking down and we're looking for room F1. We don't see, we walk down to the end of that hall and don't see room F1. And by the way, when we get down to the end, it's very, it's diagonal. It's really, really weird. If I had more time, I probably would have wanted to explore, but I was already, I didn't want to walk too much and get too nervous. But anyway, so we go back down the hall. We go probably a quarter of the way out, not quite out of that hall. And it's not a corridor. It really is a hall. It's that wide, but we're near towards where the other, where the other stuff is. We turn to our left and we see room F1 on a tiny plaque on a wall. So we find it. We try to open the door. It's locked. I think we tried knocking. Nothing. We waited three minutes. Okay. Maybe not long enough, but at a knock, someone should have came within that time. So we walk out. We go upstairs to where the car's typically, you know, to where the door is. Actually, or is it that? Yeah, where the door is. So we go inside. Apparently, because we were allowed to, because he opened, because the guy inside on the other side of the door was saying, you know, walk around, because the other door was open. The one we tried to open was also locked. We go in, we talk to the guy for a bit, and he says that there is someone in there. There is someone in room F1. Uh, and we tell him, well, it was locked the last time, and so, you know, just a little bit of, just some conversing. I wasn't conversing, Dad was. Uh, I was just nodding and paying attention, uh, like the introvert um, that I am. So we go back down the escalator. We go back, and let me just say, when we were going up to that room, I was walking up the escalator. Normally, no, no one walks. No one walks up an escalator. I did because I'm like, I don't have time to miss registration. I don't have time for this because the worse, the more and more we didn't find this out, the later it was going to get. And the later it was going to get, the more my nerves were starting to get fried or that they would have been fried. And I didn't have time for my nerves to have been fried. Nerves would have been fried. So I walked up and then blah, 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 blah. And then we're going back down the escalator. I didn't walk down the escalator as much. We go back down the escalator. We go back to room F1. We open the door. Or we pull on the door, or dad pulls on the door, and it's open. This time it's open. And it's it's one of those things, you know like on the old NES, some of the games didn't work, and they tell you to blow on it, and then it magically just works? That's what, that's exactly the experience we had going back downstairs to room F1 and opening the door. Just like, it was never locked, and we didn't pull hard enough. Or dad didn't pull hard enough. It was weird. Anyway, let's hear a word from our sponsors. I'll continue the story, and try and get further along. Car books, car shows, car merchandise, car games, and even a car podcast, that's who I am. Do you realize when you're doing the things you love, it's not work? I'm Cody Wagner, host of Cody's Car Conundrum, and my passion is absolutely everything cars. My purpose in creating Cody's Car Conundrum is to be a resource for all things cars, from games to product development, product reviews, and even writing new automotive books and articles. With my mom's help, I've created a GoFundMe campaign to help me upgrade my computer equipment and Xbox and even my podcasting equipment, too. I also have created t-shirts and I'm looking to market those as well as my books. Visit my campaign at www.gofundme.com forward slash Cody's Car Conundrum. Help me show teenage entrepreneurs you can follow your passion and people will help you move to the next level. Thank you for any donation, big or small. Once again, go to www.gofundme.com forward slash Cody's Car Conundrum. Alrighty. We go back there, the door opens, someone's in there. We get our tags. We go back up. And let me point out that the room members were at, were at breakfast. I think I missed it. 
I missed it, so... And that's fine. Eating that early wouldn't have been good for me anyway. Because normally I'm never up that early. We go back through the hall. We we got him. We thank the guy. We have we have a map. I'm on the presentation start of where everyone is, of where all the automakers are. So considering it hasn't started, we just wander wander around doing absolutely nothing. We just do nothing. And I say nothing outside of walking and gawking, if that's a thing. Or at the very least, I was certainly gawking. Let me stress that I have no real issue with people going to auto shows, people getting in cars, people enjoying the the vehicleism that is an auto show. I don't mind that. While I take the saying, if you do it, do what you love, you never work a day in your life very seriously, let's be real, I do guitar sort of as a job, okay? And as it is my job, when I went there last year on a public day, trying to get pictures, trying to you know, feel the materials, trying to do whatever. While the public were there, it made my job, uh, quotation marks obviously, a bit more difficult. A bit more difficult in trying to get the vehicles and what have you. So, again, while a lot of fun, really, going to an auto show, and I don't mind it, If put it this way, if I went to the auto show and I wasn't doing Cody's Small Conundrum, I wouldn't care, it's the public, you know, we're all here, no reason to get selfish about it. But, but I went there last year, and potentially the year before, very easily the year before, as Cody's car conundrum. Not that I had a shirt on, and not that I was as, and not that I was at the state of where I am now, but I did go there as Cody's car conundrum. And so having to wait on, having to wait on other people on the public and do this and that one, I was just trying to get content, you know, a fair bit of content through the podcast and through, and doing comparisons, this and that, whilst Having to do it on a public day just made it that much more difficult. It just made it that little bit more annoying. When you're walking the halls as part of the media of the Denver Auto Show, and there's no public there, the only sounds are people messing around with the, the displays, doing who knows what, and maybe seeing a cart go here to there carrying. I don't care what. It's surreal. Because I've gone there for maybe the last three years. Yeah, for the last three years. Well, the last two years with public, this year was without. The last two years with public. No! Even more than that. Basically, I've been going there for a long time with with the public being there. And so seeing it in such a state of of relative peace and quiet, and I say relative because obviously people were working and setting up and stuff, being there without the crowd that is normally accustomed with it was awesome. It was fantastic. Again, despite the fact I am relatively antisocial, I don't have a problem with people. Okay? I don't have a problem with people doing whatever it is that they want to do. Okay, if they want to go to an auto show and get up, get up in all the cars, I don't care. That's what they want to do. I'm not going to be selfish about it. As someone who does this as part of what they do for a podcast, for a website, for whatever, I do want a bit more time. I do want a bit of time to myself so I can just do it peacefully, without having to sort of watch myself around, without without having to constantly keep the time check in my mind sure I haven't sat in in a vehicle for too long and then be selfish and then it looks selfish just walking those and it, it was so nice because now I could do what I what I'd like to typically do or what I wanted to typically do before without the without having to interrupt myself in my mind and give some you know give someone else a turn so I, I don't sit in there for longer than than I really should it was nice it was very, very nice. You have, I don't know how many square feet, but you have 
a relatively small compared to other auto shows, but you have a, an entire auto show, an entire auto show floor to yourself or to to yourself and a few other people. It was glorious, completely and utterly glorious. It just it, that's the real perk. That's one of the real perks of being a journalist is you can go where the public can't. You don't have to really worry about it. You're not constrained. You don't. I mean, of course, there are other journalists and stuff. Yeah, but you're all there for the same thing. So you can just indulge in it together. And that was brilliant. That the the atmosphere was also brilliant. Just a bunch of a bunch of a bunch of car people. Some more nerdy. You know, a bunch of car nerds. You know, just getting up in all the aspects of a car. It was nice. I wasn't there for, I wasn't always there because I was doing, you know, I might have lagged behind a few times, but just the atmosphere of people going in, talking about, discussing, whatever, that was cool. Oh, okay, well, I did this a little bit out of order. Let's talk about the presentations. In fact, uh, hold up. Okay, sorry, I just had to update my, and I, and I call it a script. Really, it's just an outline of things I need to talk about. So, we're walking around where Camp Jeep now is, which is the back left. It's a, I think it's narrower than it used to be, but it's still just as long. So, for those of you who haven't gone, if you still have a chance, I don't know. You probably won't have a chance by the time this goes up. Slash, by the time you listen to this. But, for this auto show, it was back left. Okay, It was south, southeast. Southeast. Of where it normally is. I mean, normally it is kind of southeast, but I mean, as in all the way back southeast, right back up against the wall. But anyway, so we're just playing around in that area, looking at the cars, doing whatever. Another in- interesting thing is that because there really was a lot of people there, some of the roped off cars, like the Lamborghini Performance, that I don't think, I don't know if, they, if they're if they going to have the front part roped off, but they didn't at the time, and they had a Lamborghini Inventador S. I got all up, and I didn't get in it, but I was in within less than a foot oh i mean i was i personally i was attracted to the performance to the performance whatever you want to call it because that that's a pretty cool that's like a hurricane acr to me that's what attracted me the aventador s i don't think i really fully realized at the time that that's really i might have hovered around both but i was really really hovering around that hurricane and that was cool but yeah and i tried not to get into to get i tried not to go past the roped and i say roped off the velvety roped off and i say velvet they weren't the roped off vehicles the guarded off vehicles because i and once again this was my first time being here as press so i was trying to respect the fact that these cars were roped off press or not my dad on the other hand didn't care a single bit he got all up and, and i didn't get and i'm not saying got in like in the vehicle, like in the interior i didn't know he didn't sit in them but he did walk all up in the closed-off area, and I say closed-off, in the roped-off area that those vehicles were in. All, I mean, with, like, inches away from some of them, taking pictures of other cars. I was trying to respect the space. I was trying to respect the fact that they were roped off, press or not. He didn't care one bit. One bit. Eventually, I think, because they had a McLaren 720S there, and that was sweet. Normally, I'm not a mid-engine. I don't prefer mid-engine over front-engine cars. I like long hood short decks. But if I had to choose a mid-engine car, you know it would be a 720S. It would have to be. And normally I keep it sort of Mopar-ish, or keep it in the Mopar-ish family, get a Ferrari. And they had a 488 GT Spider, whatever it is. It was not as good looking as that McLaren. That McLaren was on point. It was gorgeous. I don't know if that, and that Ferrari paint was kind of dull to me. 
Now, McLaren paint was fantastic, but even if even if the Ferrari had comparable paint, that McLaren looked better. It looked amazing. It, and I never thought I'd say I prefer the looks of a McLaren over a Ferrari, but I definitely prefer the 720s. That that thing's ridiculous. But yeah, so we're lagging around, going you know going past the rope line in a few in a few areas where the Bentleys are, where the McLaren is. Or McLarens are where the I don't know if the Karma Rivero. Well, they also have that, which is basically just a physical Karma with a new name. I don't know if that was roped off, but yeah, we did a, a little bit of that. And and to be fair, that had a point. We're press, so you know what are you gonna do? I was just coming at it from the perspective of these are more than two, uh, all of these, if not most of these, and by most I mean ninety percent are more than two hundred thousand dollars. Do you want to stand next to what isn't your own McLaren that's $200,000? I wasn't. He did not care. They had a Bentley Bentayga there. That's easily two hundred fifty thousand, if not 300000 I saw him get within an inch of the wing mirror. Within an inch. He didn't touch it. He didn't touch it. But that's insane. So, needless to say, there's a few really nice perks being pressed and that's one of them or that's one of many so by that time i was getting just a little worried just a little worried because i hadn't seen david miramoto in a little while and he's the guy over rimap and i was like you know i thought you know i thought i'd see him by now he'd probably direct and say oh well the presentations are about to start you know we need to go so we may it's may it's a few minutes till the presentation starts we're making our way over the Volkswagen. That's the first one. So we make our way over the Volkswagen. Not even, not even four minutes, not even four minutes do I get approached. Not five minutes, not three minutes in do I get approached by Craig Conover. And I'm sorry if I have, if I, uh, have your name wrong. I'm telling you, not, not three minutes by the time we, you know, three, when we get to the VW uh, area. Not three minutes by the time that we get there do I get approached by Craig, and he says, "Are you the young man? Are you the young man that David's been talking about?" And and let me explain to you why this was why um it's interesting almost being the man of the hour and. Not to sound like an egotist, but really, I was. Um, so, when he says this, I just... I shift into my mind. And I'm thinking at light speed... Is he talking about someone else? <laughs> is, he ta- is he talking about someone... Some other young guy who's here? That, you know, that's been in contact with them or what? You know, I... Didn't think word had spread that and also I didn't expect to be walked I didn't expect someone to come come to me and say I thought I'd go up to people and say it Or I go up to people that and then they say oh, yeah, you're that guy, right? I'm like, yeah He came up. He just came up to me right out of the blue. It just came out with it those That was the first sentence. He said I Wasn't ready for that. That's why it took me one second. It probably what maybe 1.5 seconds to realize oh wait a minute no duh i am the only i am the only 15 year old here i am the the young man that uh david's been chatting about and so i'll tell you it really caught me off guard because i didn't expect 
someone almost within the instant that we get there to walk up to me and say that. Just, I was so caught because I was like, okay, my mind was like, okay, good, we're here. Have they started yet? Are people crowded? That's where my mind was at at the moment. So I was not, I wasn't even in the frame of mind to talk to someone. And when you're, when you're a little antisocial, when you're not as social as, you know, other people, people who get out more, uh, who are just more apt to talking to people, you sort of have to set yourself up. You have to set your brain up for talking. You have to set your mindset into talk to people mode or be talked to mode and then do some, and then have some sort of, uh, uh, appropriate response. I have to shift myself into that mindset so that I don't freak myself out when I'm talking and don't make a mistake. I have to, so that I'm going to be talking to people. Don't get too nervous. It's just a conversation. I have to switch myself into that mindset so that I'm more comfortable. I'm, I'm always not, it's going to be a little while before I get perfectly comfortable conversing with people, but I have to set myself up to converse with people so that it's not worse. But again, at that point, I was not in that frame of mind at all. I was just thinking, we're here, I don't know what they have. I was just trying to wrap my head around where we were, what was going on, what time it was, how many people are here, are they, you know, I was just trying to wrap my head around the situation. So to have Craig randomly come up to me when I wasn't even, when I had no, I had an intention of talking to people later, but not at that moment. So when he said that, I had to stop, I had to stop, like drop everything, like stop the presses, pun intended. I had to stop the presses in my mind and say, and just say, okay, wait a minute. This guy just talked to me. He just said something. He just asked me something. Am I that, you know, he just said, you know, are you the young man, David? Okay. Am I, is there something? I'm like, oh wait, no, I really, you know, obviously it's me. So I had to switch myself into conversing mode and it wasn't, and I say it wasn't that smooth. I wasn't fully ready for it. I was not fully ready for that conversation. I probably, I could have been a bit more talkative if I was ready. I wasn't, uh, but the, the conversation went fine, but it was a really, it was a slow start, and when I say slow start, um, what I mean is sort of getting used to the group I was in, getting, no, getting used to the fact that I was in a group, that's what, that's what took getting used to, because I had to shift my mindset, so after that random encounter, which, as I said, that completely uh, completely threw me off guard not that I was really in guard I was just in my own mind I was just not not thinking about that at all everyone gathers I don't know what happened it's a blur between when I talked to him and when a whole bunch of journalists just crammed into VW's area just crammed into VW's space I must have turned my back and looked at something the the Beatles something, but as soon as I turn around, nearly everyone is there. Nearly everyone is there, and now and once again, now I'm disoriented. I'm like, okay, where did this crowd from? These are these all the journalists, and they, and they obviously all know each other. So they're all they're all talking to each other. So it's like it's like when you go to the new school and everyone knows each other. I'm not saying they like each other, although everyone liked each other at this at uh, within this group. But you know, you're so trying to sort of. Make your way into the group. Whittle your way into the group is daunting. And it certainly was for me. Uh, Actually, I need to stop here. Uh, Here's a word from our sponsors. Uh, I'll continue this later.
Or I say that after this, after the word from our sponsors. Moms and dads, are you looking for steam and stem games, websites, and even clothing for your daughter? Is she showing you at a young age that she is not into dolls and fashion, but instead space, chemistry, dinosaurs, robots, and even art? I'm Erica Wagner of Science Her Way. My YouTube channel is a resource for minority girls interested in steam and stem. It contains product reviews, steam and stem games, and art. With my mom's help, I have a GoFundMe campaign to help me upgrade my equipment, take some online courses on 2D and 3D programs, market my shirt designs, and my books. Go to my campaign at www.gofundme.com slash scienceherway. Help me show girls all over the world that there are girls just like them who love Steam and Stam and is a teenpreneur. Thank you for any donation, big or small. Once again, go to www.gofundme.com slash scienceherway. I'll see you in the next dimension. Alrighty, so let's continue. All the journalists pile in. I have no idea where. And so like I said, so I feel like I'm the odd one out. Turns out, I'm, yes, kind of, because once again, I don't know these people outside of David and the guys at Fastlane Car because they were there. That, I was freaking out at that. But anyway, so I'm just standing there. I'm like, when did all these people get here? Because again, I had my back turned. You know, so they're conversing. The presentation starts pretty quickly. And... I got all the presentations on my voice recorder, on my tape recorder. VW, it was about their MQB platform. You know, I said a new platform for the Jetta and the RT on. I already know, in fact, if anything, I've already covered that almost a year ago now. That's not new information for me. So, and most of the presentations I was either probably going to talk about here, although seeing how long I've gotten, it's still how much I have to talk about, it's not going to make it. I still probably even won't even write it up for that because, again, it's... It's old information at that point, or that's old information at that point, but it was still fun to see the presentation go on, how they talk about it. Yeah, they talk about Now, while I knew about the platform, the MQB platform, there were a few things I didn't know. Uh, you know, the new two-liter engines, the safety features, the interior on the Jetta being more driver-focused, which I find interesting, and if, <coughs> and if anything, almost... Almost counterproductive because the Arteon looks far sportier than the Jetta, yet it has a traditional dashboard. Yet the Jetta has a sportier dash because it's more driver-focused. I found that to be a contradiction in the sort of style that both vehicles... The Jetta's like a typical mid-sized car. The Arteon is about as luxurious as you're going to get from from a VW. But it's also probably the sportiest thing you're going to get from VW. This arguably this side of a Golf R. That was a little bit, it was a little weird. It was a little odd to see that VW went that route. Yeah, a, a lot of journalists were in were in that area. And then next was, next was Toyota. Now, keep in mind, I still hadn't personally met David yet at that stage. And I was just sort of getting to terms with what I was doing, the people, the situation I'd be in. Uh, not to say it was a bad situation. I'm just saying what it would be, uh, my surroundings, what they'd be like generally. So, yeah. The only other... I think the... Going back to the presentations, I think I'll be able to use... Because, again, a lot of that stuff you can find on their pre, on their media websites. So... And considering I listen to the odds, it's a little scratchy. That's my fault. Uh, and when I say my fault in that, I probably should have had an external mic, but whatever. Live and learn. I'll probably go to their to all the automakers press sites and find that stuff. 
including the camera. Now, the camera, the Toyota press conference, that was pretty interesting. Nissan also, yeah, Nissan also had one, but that was at the very end of the day. But anyway, the VW one, that one's certainly interesting. I, I still can't get over when all those people just flocked. I'm, I'm sorry, I'll, that, that really is a blur for me. I don't know when it happened, but suddenly, you know, about 20 people, you know, 20 plus people were in the same vicinity I was. And I'm like, oh my goodness, there's so many people near me. Um, not, not in an offensive way, just, oh my gosh, I was not used, to, I was not ready for this crowd, nor was I ready to be near a crowd yet, considering it, it had been so desolate and, and empty. So we make our way, we make our way over to Toyota and that press conference, that was a, and I said press conference, that presentation was, that was pretty good. He talked about the Avalon. Primarily, if not, that was the only thing he talked about. Which, the one thing I'll say here, which I'll probably talk about in an article that'll come later, is I did not like the fussy front end on the new Avalon. The old one, I also thought, what well, had bigger mouth than necessary, but this new one, this new one is overkill. Absolutely overkill. They've gone too far. Um, it's it's honestly like Toyota's fine. But then again, let me state that while I say that, let me let me say that's my opinion. That that's my subjective opinion because you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So it's not in my eyes, it's overstyled and fussy. But that's not a fact. I just find it to be overstyled, fussy, and it's trying too hard to be angry. You your opinions may differ, and that's fine. I wouldn't mark a car down for style objectively subjectively yes but not objectively um <clears throat> so anyway but and if any of you have been to the auto show yet you, you you'll have seen it was on a platform it was on a t- a very tilted platform i got to go up on that platform like like i owned like i own that camry or some mess it was cool because once again, you never when you're when you go to do, when you're at the auto show during the public days, they don't allow you up there. They don't have the steps. So, you know, you're just not allowed to go up there. I got to go all up in that. Well, I sat in it definitely because I'm not doing that now. I sat in it and it was it was a little tricky getting getting my bearings with the fact that this was a, a relatively tilted platform. But I got to get get up. I got to get in that thing and it was cool. It was really really cool so we got up on the platform a a lot of us did and one of the things that the toyota representative talked about was the fact that toyota is trying to target a new buyer or a younger buyer with the new avalon and i was talking to who i believe is matthew pilgrim pilgrim hold up hold up i just want to make sure i get his name right yep matthew pilgrim so he was uh, talking to me he was saying he found it interesting that Toyota is trying to get a younger buyer with the Avalon when it when it really doesn't make sense because younger buyers aren't going for cars like the Avalon. So why why attract a buyer that aren't that if anything aren't sort of interested in the vehicle? And he makes a really good point in that as far as I'm aware, when you're, you know, getting out of college, and do you're when you look at Toyotas, you're going for Camrys, Corollas, maybe a Rav4, something cheap and affordable and reliable. And Avalon is too far. 
is too far on the deep end of affordable. Uh, and what, what I mean by that is it's not affordable enough for the, for those age demographics. And, he, and again, he makes a really good point. How how are the... And I think it was this new Avalon is supposed to be cheaper. I think it's supposed to be cheaper than the old model. That's interesting. It really is. Uh, and they were trying to make it sportier with new sport tune suspension and stuff among the st- you know alongside the new styling. And I find it interesting because the new Camry's also supposed to be sportier. sportier. And just last, you know, just last podcast, there's that new Toyota Corolla, and that is supposed to be sportier. It's supposed to have a <clears throat> a sportier chassis and you know better driving dynamics, much like the Camry. So it seems like Toyota has almost been engulfed in a sportier fever, in needing to make sportier vehicles. Well, I'm just making sure it really was the last podcast. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. But anyway, so they're with the new Corolla are trying to make less less bland uh, driving vehicles and make them more dynamically fun. And the the way that that the way that, the reason why that's a good thing is because people of younger age demographics can just about afford well, and I'm not saying new, and I'm saying barely used, but they can't just about afford a Camry or a Corolla like that. So it makes sense to make those cars better driving, to keep those people into Toyotas more so that they don't just switch out for something more fun to drive because they already bought something fun to drive and that's safe and reliable and what have you. But why try and target the same demographic through the same methods that can't afford a car like the Avalon in the first place? That's that's my sticking point with the Avalon is how they're trying to go about doing that. Yeah, they can make it cheaper, and that'll certainly help. Yeah, they can try and make it look sportier. That'll help. But if it's not cheap enough, it, honestly, to me, that is kind of a waste of time. If I were Toyota, and let's not forget... <clears throat> We're getting that Supra, and I just saw a headline for an article the other day, the next generation GT86. The next generation GT86 is supposed to get a power bump. It's I'm not certain about it, but it's supposed to. And that's interesting. It really is. But so you have all these you have all these more driver-focused vehicles. And I can't help but wonder why add a vehicle to the lineup that clearly isn't like that in the first place. If I and I'm not saying it can't be successful, but if I were Toyota, I'd just try and build upon what the Avalon already stands for. I'd try and build upon what they've already brought to the table with the older Avalon and just not attract attract younger buyers with the Avalon, but attract more of their of the current age group that the Avalon attracts. If they've got that nailed down, why mess with it? If they're turning other vehicles into what the Avalon's also trying to be. But that's, you know, that's a that's a rant for another time. We went through the interior a little bit and the new uh, Avalon, the new Avalon has one circle cup holder in the front and one awkwardly shaped cup holder just behind it. It's square on the front and then circular for the rest of it. So it's it's got a sort of square top and then and it's really it's really weird. And I said to Matthew, "Hey, you know, check this cup holder out." Why, what, what's the, the idea behind this? And I didn't ask the representative, I really should have, but I can't fathom, even now, I can't fathom why Toyota would go such a route, would go with a, uh, I, I'm not saying it's un, it's, 
it's not going to be functional. It probably, it, you know, most of it's most of the cups, if not all the cups you can get at a fast food place, are circular or cylindrical. It'll fit in that squarish area, but why bother with going with a squarish area anyway? That's that's my. That's where my curiosity has. Anyway, so messing around with the interior a little bit more, found a really nasty, uh, a really nasty plastic area near the center console, which I'll touch base more on in an article, so as not to drag this out. But anyway, so we moved on to, ooh, I think it was Acura. I think Acura was next, and let me stop right here and say. I actually, outside of the presentation vehicles, I didn't get a chance to go through all of the vehicles of any given stand, except for all the FCA, or most of the FCA cars. But outside of that, of all the other brands, I really didn't get a chance. And the reason for that is because they actually had a really tight schedule. I had maybe 10 minutes, maybe 10 minutes per, maybe 10 minutes per, um, per presentation, and... When this is my first time, I'm just trying to get used to it, converse with people. You know, when I'm already sort of under load, I really couldn't think about, I really didn't think about doing any of that or taking any pictures in those moments. So, uh, to do a side note, I got pictures at the end of the event, and even then, uh, that unfortunately was just the Mopar booth uh, because I really wanted pictures of that DT Ram and a few other cars. Because they, the public were going to come in at five, and we were we would have been kicked out by four thirty, late late to get the public in. I know, but so now backtracking a little bit. So we're going, we go over to Acura. We're still talking. Apparently, they had the RDX console from Detroit, which I think I remember. It looked really good in the flesh. The the red looked even better. It looked even better. But yeah, so we're just, you know, we're just going through presentations where. To give you an idea of how little 10 minutes is per presentation, I could have spent it on the one vehicle they presented. I could have spent that 10 minutes of free time between presentation on that one vehicle they presented. And I did on a lot of them. And then you walk over to the other one. So the only caveat, if you will, of being of being pressed for that day was while I didn't while I didn't have to deal with the public or any other you know, bigger distractions, which was very, very nice. And I got to hang out with a bunch of like-minded people. It was fantastic. I did not, and I probably, if we didn't spend a lot of time walking around earlier, I probably could have got a little bit of time at, you know, to get pictures earlier on when we got in before a lot of other people did because they were at breakfast. Yeah, I didn't get a lot of time to go take pictures of, because also I, I don't have a professional cat. I have a tablet and it takes better pictures than the old Nintendo DS. DSXLSI, whatever DSLXI thing that I have. Honestly, that's like saying riding down, you know, sledding down a snow hill blind is better than covering covering it with your eyes because at least you can't because at least you really can't see anything. But yeah, uh, it it's not it, that's not saying much. But and I'd have to take it out of I have to tell you, I was fumbling with the bag a lot because I was I didn't have to. I should have practiced the night before pulling stuff out. I didn't, so a lot of times when I had to pull stuff out of the bag at the auto show, I was like, oh, where is it? You know, what? Hmm? Hmm? Oh, I thought it was in this portion of the bag. Yeah, that that was another conundrum onto itself, pun intended. So, yeah, but 
So the tablet's in the bag. If I had a camera around my neck, I would have been taking photos because then I wouldn't have to take it out. So the time I would have spent taking it out uh, would have just been cut down, but I didn't. Uh, and then again, I'm also holding the tape recorder up. So trying to do that and take photos would have been difficult. I I don't know if I'd try and get a tape recorder that would just clip on to to my pockets or something. But that was interesting. Managed to get 140 photos at the end of it. My dad got a few other ones. Uh, I'll need to check over. That was very, very interesting. Between because it, it really was a tight schedule. You could spend. And if it were me, if... If it had been just me, I probably would have opened up the hood, opened up the trunk, it just crawled everywhere. But you only have 10 minutes. So that made it, that definitely did make it interesting that you had such a limited uh, time frame between each vehicle. But then again, for the vehicle, you could argue that I didn't have to be there for every single presentation. I could have taken time to do whatever, but I just, you know, I wanted to be, to say, you know, I was here, I am paying attention because I thought, you know, I obviously thought they were very important, even if it were a few cars. I knew it it was it still would have been a good thing to attend, which I did, all of them. But yeah, sometime at some point we went out to lunch. Lunch was nice. Uh, went back inside. We had more presentations. Ram, Jeep, the JL Wrangler. That was exciting. But the DT Ram is really what I was excited to see at the auto show. Then a Challenger H Cat widebody. I did not see. I did not expect to see that. It was really nice. It was really, really... Not the red I would have picked. I think it was more like a hemi-orange thing, but still really nice. Still really, really nice. So I mingled with with a few other people. I mean, I, I, in fact, actually, I mingled with a lot of people. They all... If anything, I almost want to say that they all almost knew who I was. As, as if word got around, like, spread like wildfire. I almost want to say all of them nearly knew who I was. And and that was funny. It, you know, you walk up to someone like, oh, hey, you're that kid who's now the journalist of all. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's me. But it was like that with nearly everyone. It was, that was funny. That was funny. It, it, it's almost like you couldn't go up to someone and they didn't know didn't know who you were. It was really funny. But yeah. Also, Hyundai and Ford didn't have their simulators on. That that was a shame. But then again, you know, I'm with the press. That, that's not public. Yeah, that's public stuff. So there is something the public can do that the press and I, and I say that I think I've seen other articles of you know New York and stuff where press did get to try that and it was a press day. So make it that what you will for this in this case it wasn't on while I was there as as the press. So I'll tell you what though it was almost it was almost mocking me just walking by like oh you know you you know you want to race you know what you want to play on Grand Turismo 6 or whatever game they have loaded up because it's something was a very fun not as tense as I feared day it was really really just relaxed and it was a good learning experience of what to do better the next time something like that arises so that I can be you know more more prepared and get more content and what I would say is that the next time, I'm not saying the very next time, but I'm saying if I can get that stuff in place, the next time what I'd like to do, or at some point, I should say it that way, at some point what I'd like to do is get a better voice recorder and then just transfer the files from the voice recorder to the computer, mess around with editing and stuff, and then, you know, bam, you'd hear it almost as if I was live at the auto show. You'd hear exactly what my thoughts are in that moment at that moment in time not you know a few days later 
you know, after the fact. That's that's what I'd like to do. Assuming I can get a few things in place, look out for that because that would be brilliant. The presentations were cool. Nissan Nissan did the Leaf, which I hadn't seen. I had not seen for my own eyes until that day, and it is a lot better looking than I find it a lot better looking than the older one. The mileage, I still don't think is there. 140 miles, meh. However, the representative did say that they are working on a 200-mile variant. So, I'm not so I'm I'm not so sure how set that is in stone. But look out for that in the future, and we'll see we'll see how that goes. But yeah, very fun day conversing with people, talking about cars, looking at cars, all all within the salt, basically all within the solitude of an entire convention uh, of one of the convention rooms in that center. It was nice. It was really really nice and i can't i really can't wait till i can drive so that what i can do because they got the rocky mountain driving experience rmd at ss park coming up on the 22nd of august or at the very least that's at the time of this recording and again that would just be all press i wouldn't have to go to the dealer and test driving and then do my thoughts later like uh sob kyle i think that the youtube and there's nothing wrong with doing that i would just rather do it in a more traditional setting after after you know some early, I don't want to call them hiccups, but after some interesting things that happened early early on, the rest of the day was really streamlined. It was just you know bang bang presentation, bang bang presentation. Uh, you know going in between talking about vehicles and stuff, uh, and I did my logs, which I have some. How much do I have? I have my tape, record, tape recorder right next to me. Ah, uh, 35! 35 of them. Oh gosh, and I got through all of them. But yeah, so that was. A really, really fun day. More, so worth getting up at 4 a.m. So worth, and I am not a morning person, so that that was a struggle, but that was so worth it. Absolutely worth it. Once again, I'd like to thank Rocky Mountain Automotive Press for allowing me to join you guys as you know, as a member, really. Oh, also before I go, I have to point out I got a little tag that said Cody Wagner Rimap. My dad's had Rimap guest. And early, way earlier on, he was like, why does, why does mine say guess and yours just says rim up? And I thought, I just didn't think anything else. I was like, eh, I don't know. And so then later I got told, a fair bit later, you know, oh, you qualified to be a full journalist. And they said you can't drive, so you're an apprentice. But, you know, you're basically one of us. That, you're a full member here. You can attend this sort of thing. And not as a guest. You, you get to go. You're part of the press. And it took a little while for it to sink in, but I'm like, oh, mess. Oh, mess. Cow, yeah. It was cool. It was really, really cool. Once again, thank you, Rimap, for allowing me to come and join you guys. That was a really fun day, and I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. A little long, but I had to get everything in there. Anyway, I hope you all enjoyed, and I will see you all later. But, sorry, last thing, I swear. Getting in what would normally be off-limit vehicles, just outside, outside of not having to deal, you know, outside of just being alone with other journalists, that, that alone is worth it. That alone is worth it. Anyway, see you all later. Thanks for listening. You have just listened to Cody's Car Conundrum. Be sure to join us every Sunday. You can subscribe to Cody's YouTube channel at www.youtube.com slash c slash viper for life acr be sure to get cody's books on amazon at 
www.amazon.com slash Cody dash Wagner slash E slash capital B zero one nine capital K capital X seven two capital Z eight. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Be sure to follow Cody here so you don't miss any episodes. Bye until next time.